person that put this all together, Miss Linda? Well, it happened almost 10 years ago when my son was the number two pick in 2010. And he was drafted to the 76ers. And Linda and another mom were on the same team. And me being a rookie mom, not knowing anyone, uh, they came up and introduced themselves individually, of course. Um, but they had bubbling personalities um, and very inviting and engaging. So that made my journey as a NBA mom very good because you don't know what to expect right. for the most part. And um, during that journey, my son, who was the rookie, and Andre was not at the time, they became very close friends. So at this point in the stage of the game from 10 years ago, they are best buds. Okay. And Evan is his god uh, father to his daughter. Awesome. And they named their daughter after my son. So I have two Evans out there. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's very special. That is. So, so. So being a part of something like this it just comes natural because of the relationship that you have with the family, correct? Yes. However, this uh, journey has also afforded me the opportunity to support my fellow sisters in the NBA world. So um, while I've been traveling with my son during the course of his career. Um, I have supported um, this organization as well as many others. Um, and that happens to be my purpose at this time. Sure. So outside of this one, what type of a, another organization do you all come together for? Um, the national organization that the NBA sanctions is called Mothers of Professional Basketball Players. Okay. And... Um, I was once the national secretary at one time, but I've been a part of it off and on for 10 years. So okay. I, I happen to be a so, part of it now. So <laughs> what type of thing would you guys do when you meet together? What, what would you um, talk about? At this point, we, um, we're, in, we're segregated into five uh, regions because we have people all across the country. Uh -huh. So... Um, we have five regions, and so they are selected by uh, where they live, and each region comes together and does their own thing uh, in their particular area. But they're, they have to do a service project. They come together for support. They come together to hang out and have a good time. We do know how to put on a party. <laughs> and... Um, and then um, we support our children. So depending on whether or not they opened up a business, whether or not they have a 501C, whether or not they are participating in an event. Um, myself, with the people that I have encountered, they have supported me. We just did an event called Mom Knows Best, um, where I was a panelist. Um, I also did an event where... Um, in Texas several years ago in regards to... Uh, uh, being a resilient woman, the challenges that we as mothers go through to get our children to where they are, or just as being women. Um, I also did an event in regards to supporting um, um, domestic violence, which we did in, te in Dallas, Texas as well. And I was also um, a speaker for them as well to demonstrate that you can overcome some of these circumstances that we go through. 
Now, speaking of overcoming and resiliency, when we think of the NBA, we think of, and I don't want to make this about basketball, we look at men playing basketball at a high level. Now, let's take it a step back. The mothers, like you said, uh, resilience, it takes a special woman to raise this child or man to, to, to that point or level. So when you're talking about your sisters and your sisterhood, I'm just Im- imagining this group of strong women. Oh, we definitely strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Almost to a fault because while our journeys are different, um, when we come together, you can imagine, say just in your household, your mother and your father, you know, both of them strong, both mm-hmm. of them want to say they wanted to send you to, to, to music school. One uh-huh. want to and one don't. Button head. So yeah. sometimes that does come across, you know, so, um, but um, it has to be in love and you have to be able to respect one another. So that journey is very difficult sometimes as well. But um, while the journey is different, the goal is, the purpose is still the same. So we've all taken that, okay. our, our children, whether they're females or males, to that to that level. So to a certain extent, we do understand that, understand what that journey has been been about. And we all, even at this level, um, we all still have different experiences because um, while the NBA has, you know, our, I call them elite players, somebody might call them whatever, but we have our elite players, we have our veterans, we have our retirees, we have our rookies. Mm-hmm. And so depending on where you fall in and who picks you and, you know, your journey can be positive or negative. Your coach can make you, break you. So there's a bunch of variables in there that um, will make you think it's ice cream and cake. However, it's really boo-boo and outside. You know what I'm saying? So that experience, depending on how the, the dynamics of the family is, 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 is created, determines what that experience is going to be. So, uh, and overcoming it and recognizing as a, as a sister, recognizing some of these things. Like I have a mom now uh, who's paralyzed. So I'm reaching services to try to get resources for her so that she can maintain her own sanity and be taken yeah. care of. I also have another mom who's very talented and she's struggling. I don't know what it is, but I, I take the opportunity to just, you know, reach out and say, I'm here if you need me, you know, um, try to find some opportunities for them. You know what I'm saying? So um, we're all different, but, um, and some of us can afford to do that. But if you got a, a husband or wife and grandkids, it depends on where you are, your station, you know, where you are in life. Me, I have grandbabies, but I'm still flexible. Right. So you seem like you're very um, immersed in helping. What type of issues speak to you that you want to address that might not get a get highlighted that need attention put on it? Uh, Personally or in this particular industry? Because, you know, we all got them. We we all got them. Wherever you want to go that could help the community. Uh, to help the community, um, if I take it with the NBA, the struggle for me personally is that when you're on the outside trying to look in, I found it very difficult that, oh, you should be so excited. You, you know, this is a great opportunity. But in the inside, for technically for the first three years of my son's career, 
I really had a very difficult time. I cried an awful, awful, awful lot. And I felt alone as well because you don't know if someone else is going through the same thing. You don't know if they're going to understand what you're going through. And you also walk in fear to a certain extent because now your son is at this level. And how much of this can you take out into the world? Mm. Um, but because the struggles that I've gone through in my life, I know that um, your story is very powerful. And so to tell my story is release for me and empowering to others. Yeah. So, um, and when you realize that, you, you don't walk in fear. Hmm. You walk, you tell your story, you encourage, you empower. So in terms of the community, when I walk <clears throat> in any venue that I go to, you know, I'm just one of these down to earth real people. I just tell it like I tell it like it is. But I, I reach in from my experience and try to apply that based on what I've went through, based on what resources I know, based on. And I, I give accurate information. I make it a, a real point to give accurate information to those individuals who come across my journey. So um, and that's that's in family, that's in NBA, that's just in whatever journey that I go through. So generally, if you talk to any of the NBA moms, they'll say, she's going to tell you the truth. <laughs> if you want to know the truth, be careful what you ask for because she's going to tell you the truth. Truth needs to be told. You know, and sometimes people are not willing to hear it or accept it. And um, I've learned that if you're going to give me constructive, notice I said constructive, uh -huh. constructive criticism, I am one who, will, who will, will take it, analyze it. And if it's true right off the back, I'll, I'll absolutely say, you're absolutely right. Then I'll say, but the journey that I've gone through makes me who I am today. So you don't have to like me. You don't have to accept it, but... It is what it's, it is. It's what you see is what you get. Yes. <laughs> is there anything that you want to speak on about the foundation, this event, um, the magnitude? Is there something you might take away from it, take it back to your, com your community, your city, your other group of friends? Well, the uh, Andre Iguodala Foundation, there is a need. Um, as I said, I, this is my second year actually being here. However, I've supported them through the years, um, but I was just been able to find the time to get here. And um, based on what I have observed, um, they're doing a great job reaching those individuals who actually need the food. Yeah. You know, this community is in dire need. Um, actually, in Ohio, where I live, um, there are high school students at this point who don't have food. Hmm. You understand? So I've donated dollars uh, to help a teacher do a pantry. So what little bit anyone can do to help these people is absolutely um, a plus for them. But it also gives them a light yeah. to say, you know, that somebody else cares about what I'm going through and um, is making it available to me. You know, there's a lot of people out there who don't really appreciate it. They get it, but they don't appreciate it. But there's that significant number of individuals who's going to take this opportunity 
and share it, be grateful for it, and often help somebody else. So mm -hmm. you can pay it forward in any opportunity way that you can, or you ain't heavy, you, you my brother, and lift me up. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the journeys that I tell my young men, you know, um, we have so many athletes who don't go back to the community. We have you. You, you got to go back because we didn't make it here yeah. by ourselves. Yeah. We can't make it by ourselves. Jesus didn't even make it by. It. He had to go be a fisherman of men so that yeah. he can spread his good news. So we have to be that if we can afford to in the manner in which they've done um, to do that. And it, it, it really has been a blessing. And and. Um, uh, brought joy to my heart to see the people that need it are getting it. Yeah. A lot of those uh, faces otherwise wouldn't have what we sometimes take for granted and enjoy. Oh, absolutely. If you, if, I always say, um, look at the glass half full, not half empty. Because while you wallowing in your pain or what you think is a pain, mm -hmm. you know, Somebody doing something way worse than what you're going through, but you yeah. don't look at that. You just say, oh, woe is me, and why yeah. is me, and da, da, da. But if you say, it could be a lot worse, you know, because I haven't hit rock bottom, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. And then the other part, even when you do hit rock bottom, if you're at the bottom, <laughs> you ain't got nowhere to go but nope. up. Nope. So, you know, I try to encourage people with positive um, reinforcement. I try to give good quotes to them. I try to inspire them. Um, I just always have been a giver like that. So, um, but it has been um, a blessing to meet a lot of people, particularly you young men, too, because, you know, since I raised three three African-American males, yeah. let me tell you, yeah. and God has been good. Mm -hmm. uh, all three went to school on scholarship. The oh, Lord knew it. Yeah. <laughs> knew I needed that because yeah. Mama was robbing people to pay Paul to get these kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and to and to understand what they how they are supposed to to interact with this world and what their responsibilities as a man and how you're supposed to um, interact um, for me. You know, because yeah. you my you my son. Don't let nobody come tell me no crap. Okay, because. We're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I knew that Evan had the opportunity, um, don't get on TV, chewing no gum, <laughs> don't be ah, uh, 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 you know, and look presentable. Now, he don't look the best now, but, you know, I love him. You know, he, need a, he need a haircut right about now. He promised me he would, but, you know, I'm waiting on that. When you hear this, he's going to like, I'm about to cut my hair, buddy. <laughs> We're going to see him next game with a nice, crispy line. Uh, no, not quite, but uh, <laughs> hopefully before the, for the, for the uh, new year. But, um, but the journey has been a joy because I've had an opportunity to meet such great people. So I can go to any state mm. and say, uh, let me pick up, the, you know, I'm coming to town. You know, you're going to be in town. You might want to just say hi, you know, that kind of stuff. That's beautiful. You know, so... You build your 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 village. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Any way that you possibly can, which is really, um, it keeps you going, but it lets you know you're not by yourself. Yeah, and then you don't feel sorry for yourself, and you can help others. Yeah. So I, I enjoy that. I enjoy being able to be that catalyst for somebody. It sounds you know, like I'm you are. Smiling. I keep smiling. Mm -hmm. I try to. 
So when I'm when I'm not feeling good, I'm in my own house. Uh, I don't want to mess up your world. Mimi don't want to mess up your world. She wants you to stay positive. We gotta make sure we sending you those positive quotes too. Keep you keep you keeping on. Yeah, well, you know. That's what the team's about. That's true. We're gonna let you feel sorry for yourself. Mm-hmm. We're gonna uplift you and keep on moving. That's nice. We got we got things to do. <laughs> As a team. That that that's a good thing to hear because sometimes you can't stay status quo. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Sometimes your reserve gets gets a little low. Mm-hmm. That's 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 that, that's good. I never thought about. I'm always doing it for others. You know what I'm saying? So, your booking needs filled too. Yeah, it does need. I appreciate you saying yes, that, and I expect you to do that. It uh, likes yes, me sometimes. Yes, okay. Me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do that. Um, it, it will it will lighten my heart as well as put a smile on my hey, face. Hey, I'd be glad to. You know, that, that's good. It's, it's always nice to be thought of. You mm-hmm, know what I'm saying? Yep. And you don't know how you impact other people's lives. That's one thing that's been really enlightening to me because I guess I'd be like in my own world um, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm focused on whatever agenda I'm trying to do. But you never know what people are going to say or see or how it impacts you. And uh, fortunately, so far, thank you, Father God, um, it's been mostly positive. My one girlfriend from um, uh, from New York always said, always remember how you're going to leave a person. And that was very inspirational for me because sometimes, you know, we want to be cussing some folks out. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. that look on your face is like, wow, you know, because you be caught up in your own world. But um, if you keep that in the forefront of your mind, it lessens the blows, it lessens that that legacy that you're going to leave behind mm-hmm. with that person. You know what I'm saying? So some people just need to just get cussed out. But you know, <laughs> for the most part, you try to, I'm trying to learn how to do it the, the nice way. You know, use the good words instead mm-hmm. of the city words. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of my new agendas for the, for the new Not year. Not the city words. <laughs> You know the city words outside that town. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, keeping it real. I'm just, and that's what I do. Keep it, I, I do try to keep it real. But I do try to stay positive for the most part. And, and, and hopefully those people who are around me, I don't really like negative people. You know, my Evan used to be negative. He, didn't like, he, he was not a morning person, trust me. <laughs> he come out of the room. I say, good morning. How'd you say? Mm. That's it. Oh, you need to go back in your room. <laughs> uh-uh, go back in there. And when you can come out and be civil, then you come out. But don't mess up my morning and mess up my day because I'm feeling good. I'm trying to make sure you feel good. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of times it doesn't to... happen. Like, you, it's good morning. I love you. Some Those things don't happen sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think I made that a practice because my parents... I had the generation, I had a two-parent household, so they were busy raising us. They were busy um, um, putting us in school. They were busy working, trying to keep a roof over our head. And that particular generation didn't have the opportunity to just say, I love you. And I recognized that as a young mm-hmm. person. And when, and I had my oldest son, we were young, so at 18. And so I made that a practice to make sure that he knew I knew they loved me, but I never heard. I don't want to guess it. Yeah, I don't want to guess it, you know, by the actions, you know. But not only are my actions telling you that I love you, you know when you walk out that door, mommy loves you. Mm -hmm. Because I say, 
I love you. Have a good day. Yeah. And I have inspired that in my young men. So they'll say, Mom, I love you. You know? Yeah. Not all, you don't get that, especially <laughs> from African-American males. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? So that's a practice that, that, that legacy Assuming love on. is a real thing. Yeah. Food on the table is love, but like you said, the mommy loves you. Is, is very important. Yes, I want you to when, know when that. When we leave each other, I say, I love you, cuz. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes because when you tell your young men, um, when you're teaching them certain things, and I was like, look, you got to learn how to rely on your brothers. What happens if I walk out that door and you don't see me? Mom, don't say that. Don't mm-hmm. say No, no, this is a reality. I want you to know that this might be the last time you see me. You know, so what are you going to do? You need to prepare yourself. You need to count it. Nobody's going to be mama. Nobody's going to ever take my place. But you got your brothers. You need to galvanize together. You guys need to stick together, help each other. But I want you to know, because I got to prepare you. I don't know what God's plan is for me. I don't know what his plan is for you. But I got to prepare myself if something happens. I got to prepare you if something happens unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. This is just reality. This is, I mean... It's a reality that we were born to die, you know, so we don't know when, day, hour, whatever, but it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. So you need, I need to girth you up with what you need so that you can handle it, so you can live on, so you can tell your children, this is what your, this is what your mother used to do. Uh-huh. This is what, you know, that like, I used to tell them stories all the time. You said, mama, tell us the story about so-and-so. So, you know, so we storytellers, so you, you. Get yeah. that and cultivate that into your young people. So, you know, God has been good at that. I'm, I'm really, I, I attribute that to my parents. I attribute that to them because they taught us family. They taught, they nurtured us. And while they're two different types of people, my daddy had the patience to, I was slow, you know. You're going to get this. You're going to learn how to read. You're going to learn how to write. My mother was a talker. She was, she was just delegating and carrying on. So, you know. So, but you, it gives you a balance. And so you have to give credit because it has to come from somewhere. So I don't take it all on me. You know, I give my parents' credit and, and, and their parents' credit to make me who I am today. And your father's coming up on what birthday? God is so good. My, yeah. my daddy is getting ready to turn 90 years old. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. 90 years old. He has all his faculties. He drives his own car. He gets up and go Ooh. out every day. Regardless of how cold it is, and um, he has been um, the patriarch in our family and set an absolutely excellent example of what a man should be and should be doing for himself and for his own. He's selfless. I mean, I call him a saint because you know some of the stuff he do, I'd be like, mm, "Daddy, you good? You good? You good?" But. He is um, a spiritual man, and I think you reap what you sow in life. So you sow those good seeds, you know, your harvest just will Mm. spread. Bountiful. Yeah, and he was probably about 80, and we had a party for him. And in the community in which I lived, um, you know, he... He, 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 he was a forefront in there, but they came, the testimonies that they gave him, the reality to see how they saw my father was just so heart-wrenching because it shed a new light on how he's yeah. perceived in yeah. this world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So 
Um, we're going to honor him with a very beautiful, I'm going into Hawk, y'all, uh, with a black tie affair. He loves jazz music. We're having a live band, and he's excited. So um, we're going to have a good time. But mm-hmm. God is good. He's, he's blessed me with longevity, and, um, and I'm, I'm able to really see him be happy. So well, it's you a are blessing. a blessing. You are, and you know, you were speaking on family and tradition. It's holiday season. Are there any holiday traditions that your family follows that you just can't wait for? Well, actually, um, you know, our genre is changing and evolving, and so it's very difficult these days. And with my son being in the league, um, we kind of cater ourselves to his schedule but the main thing is coming together as a family Mm -hmm. if we can get under one roof share that meal have that laugh or that cry or fuss or cuss or whatever the case may be but once we're up under that one roof and we can touch and agree and that tradition of understanding what family is and being together it has been, um, and I've, I've learned, my parents got divorced and um, we would all still be together. Yeah. And people would say, I thought, you, I thought your parents were divorced. I was like, hey, look, they taught us family. So yeah. while they wanted to do one of these numbers, I was like, oh, no, Thanksgiving will be right here. Y'all decide if y'all want to come. And, of course, that kept our family together. So... By them both being family-oriented, even though they were separated, we were still seen and perceived as one family. That's our business, not your house. You know, (laughs) but it set an example, and it taught Mm -hmm. me, it taught me that in life, we have so many families that become disconnected, and when they become disconnected, they don't know what, what it takes to keep the family together. And so when people tell me that, I say to myself, what is it? What, 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 what has kept us still coming together? One love to the unity of fact that we're under one little unit. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, we have the opportunity to set aside our differences for whatever it is we need to come together for. Whether it be death, whether it be a birthday, whether it be um, a graduation, whether it be I need to go help you do so-and-so-and-so. And And unfortunately, we as people don't know how to put aside those differences to to remain as a unit. So if that example is being set, then that's what I can tell people. You got to put that behind. You can't keep holding on to those grudges. You can't keep holding on to that hate because you're stifling yourself. You're not going to grow when you do that. You see what I'm saying? So you have to put it aside for the family's sake so you can stay together. That's what's going to keep you unified. That's what's going to keep you as a family in spite of, yeah, my brother right now gets on my dang glass of nerves, but, you know, I pick up the phone and say, look, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk, we're going to try to work this out, you know, now you don't want to, that's going to be your problem, but... (laughs) You have to suffer consequences. But my point is, in spite, even though I may not like you right now, I'm going to always love you. And I don't have no choice. I mean, mm-hmm. you're my brother. Mm-hmm. By blood. So I can't get rid of you. You're the one God gave me. You know what I'm saying? So you have to, you know, you know, and I'm instilling that into my children now. Because when I was having these kids, 
And I realized if I just keep hating you and saying, I'm not going to let you do this and take the kids from you and all that kind of stuff. But like, but when I said, if I allow that to happen, you'll do the same thing to me. That's not what I want to teach my children. I want you to be compassionate. I want you to have empathy. I want you to understand that you have to respect people even though you don't like them. I said, you'll never turn around and tell me, uh, mama, get out or disrespect me. I never had those. But they see what you do. They see how you act. They hear what you say. You know, you have to understand your audience. You know, I have one child that listens. It ain't about what I do. It's about what I say. The other ones can do what I see, what I do. But this one, he's different. But anyway, um, but I recognize, you know, you have to be very in tune to your children and not have clothes, uh, rose-colored glasses on. You have to understand that they're, they're human. You have to understand that we all make mistakes. I remember when they were young, I said, Mama's not perfect. Mama makes mistakes. The light bulb went on in it. The asthma. You telling me? What? You know, you know? No, but I have to let you know. This journey that I'm walking, I don't know what, where I'm going and what I'm doing. I got to do the best that I can. But I want you to know, I don't know everything. I don't try to know everything. And when you're raising men as African-American female, I know what a woman is. Mm-hmm. I really know what a woman is. Really a man, I know what my father did. But some things I can't answer. You know what I'm saying? So God was fortunate enough to have people in my life that I can say, you know, mommy doesn't know. But go over and ask so-and-so. But I trust him because I know what his character is. And come back and tell me what he said because I don't have a male perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I may have one, but I really don't. I don't really know how you feel. You know, because I don't, we, we made different, you know. Right. I'm emotional. You guys could be detached. Y'all visual, you know. That kind of stuff. So when it comes down to to the real nitty gritty of the psyche, you know, I know how I can I, I can tell you how to relate, but I can't tell you deep down what a male perspective. I can think about it when you talk about the journey of how society has taught you guys and what they've done to you and where your place is. I understand it, but what you really feel, and I probably have a better understanding because I raised boys and how I don't want the world to perceive them a certain way. But ultimately, you know, as my father, who's 90 years old, and he had to walk down the road with no shoes on and say, yes, the master, you know, that kind of stuff. My grandmother, my grandfather had to say, you know, yes, the master in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what that is. I know what racism is. I experienced it. My son has never experienced it except when he went over to Serbia. And he was like, I don't like it here, you know, but. I try not to shield you from that, but I want you to know that it's there. You know, you have to be able to handle it. So I just watched this movie called American Son. It's a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about this specific thing about um, she was in a interracial marriage and um, the certain things that you want to teach your child and what you encounter as a man because she raised a son. And so, and how the police look at you and how the world looks at you and how you instill how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to stand tall. And that, you know, I taught my son, you stand tall, you look a man in his eye, you firm, you shake that man's hand. I tell young boys, right this, right there, they're hot. Uh-uh, I stop you right now. You look me, get a grip on there. Yeah, you know Because yeah. you, you obviously ain't getting it somewhere. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But you also have to remember, you have to respect authority. 
there's a time and a place. You want to have your life? Yeah. Yeah, you sacrifice right now, and we're going to take care of it on the back end. You know, that's what's wrong with these young people now. They want to circumvent the system. They want to disrespect authority. And you only harming yourself because mm-hmm. it ain't getting you nowhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you have to uh, pay attention. You have to. And you takes a village. And so my son used to say, Mom, you can't be talking like that. I said, boy, I don't walk in fear. That's mm-hmm. a child. That's a child right there. God got my yeah. back. He's a Monday crazy. I said, let me tell you something. I ain't scared. Nope. Okay, it's not giving the spirit of fear. I, you're not supposed. We all do, mm-hmm. but I'm saying, if you walk that way, then you're a target. If you walk the way, you miss out on opportunities. I'm raising you to be a to be a man so that you can be out here and help yourself, your family, and somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I don't walk like that. But I told him, I said, you know what? If your friend don't want me to tell him what he need to be doing, I don't have to. I don't have to. I won't care about what happens to him and his. I can go on to the next one. Yeah. Somebody who's going to receive what I have to say. That's, that's, that's what Jesus does. That's what our father does. He said, y'all can come, y'all can get it, but it's your choice. Yeah. So we have to recognize that. You know what I'm saying? So um, I try to help what I can when it comes to these young men like you guys. <laughs> you know, I, I was really inspired one day. I went to uh, uh, one of the Crawfords. They have this thing in Detroit and um, I guess I had to gift the gap again but I had like seven men standing around me just tapping into what I had to say based on what the conversation was mm-hmm. and it really was eye opening because you know they were just slowly coming and I was like I'm just telling some truths you know what I'm saying yeah. but it held their attention it held their attention and they took away something that they wouldn't they were fed Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So God is good. You know, you don't know when he's going to take you and put you somewhere. God is really good in that matter. That so is blessed. Yeah. yeah, be a vessel. Before we let you get away from here, um, can you leave us with some food for thought? You have quotes on deck. Can you leave us with a great quote? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I'll leave you with the two that I give my children that have stuck to them through their journey. And the first one is, and anybody can use this, is that um, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And the last one, which Evan actually using as a perfect example, um, if you work hard and have determination, it pays off. And he's used that if you follow him and it's amazing that he says a lot of things that I say, you know, uh-huh. my mama told me this, my mama told me. Sometimes you, you him. but yeah. you know what, but it would be nice if I could hear him say, mom, he tells me he loves me. But sometimes, you know, action speaks louder than words. You know how we get in our mm-hmm. feelings and stuff. But it's good to know that he spirit carries that. But um, it, it, those two right there tells you to plan your life, get yourself together. And the other one says work hard, hard work and perseverance brings on great rewards. So if you know what the plan is using those two quotes, then you should be okay. Hmm. Aside from what other stuff you got going on. It's, you know, just on the outside looking in, um, having a glimpse at Evan's career, knowing the type of player that he is, (laughs) it's, uh, it's easy to see where that comes from after sitting, having conversations with you, the foundation that was built that 
created the man that we know and that we get to view and enjoy and watch play mm-hmm. a sport and bring enjoyment to other communities as well. And hearing you talk, inspiring um, not only your family, your sons, your community, but now us and our listeners, um, it is uh, it is a, a true blessing to be a part of something like this, to be able to meet somebody like yourself. We just thank you for your time and your your servitude, your service that you are continuing to do, um, spreading these messages and these stories. We thank you. We wish you nothing but success, and, and may God bless you. Thank, thank you. So I, I appreciate you guys really yes. just having me and wanting to hear what I have to say or share my story. It's, it, it, you know, everybody got a story, but everybody don't want to hear it. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, God is good. <laughs> That's that's what we're here. You got a story? Yeah, and and, and I think that's great. I think this opportunity, um, I know this is your three-year anniversary, and God has been good. Yes, I'm so glad, and I wish that it continues on and that um, you take this journey and and this particular podcast and inspire other young people, whether it be women or men or whatever, and learn how to do this because the journey that we're going through we need to go back to my, my parents with my parents and start being entrepreneurs and take take back and mm-hmm. do what you enjoy doing because then it's no longer work and and share that. And um, this this platform definitely gives that opportunity. Gives that opportunity. <laughs> Look at her on the fly. <laughs> man, man. Unless we meet me. Uh, yeah, that's right. Call me Mimi because that's my new day. I, I, I talk to myself a third person. Now that I have grandchildren, I'm Mimi. <laughs> so then you have to say, ma'am. Don't call me ma'am. Call me Mimi. But uh, God is good. I, I've, I am so glad that I've met Charles, Emmanuel, Todd, and Sean. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yes. Very uplifting. Very. Oh, I'm so glad to hear yes. that. I want to be a positive. Oh, you are. This world. You are. Yeah, for sure. Great, great, great. Wow. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm good. If you would, just one more thing. Look into the camera. Tell us, tell the listeners who you are. Oh, sorry. My name is Iris James, and I am the mother of NBA player Evan Turner. He's the number two pick in 2010, but he's a Hall of Famer for OSU. And I have three lovely young men and three lovely grandchildren. And my legacy is living on. God has been so good. Perfect.